0: My message today is titled, No Time Like the Present. How many of you know we're living in a unique time? We today break our 21-day prayer and fasting, time of prayer and fasting. And I actually initially intended for Minister Nick to, uh, to speak today, but God began to burn something into my heart for you that comes out of this period of prayer and fasting. But it's connected with these evangelists, Nick and Emily, and you've heard some of that today. If I'm honest, every year when I take time to pray and to fast like this, like we've done, it happens to me every year. I begin to get a vision for those who are lost around us. I begin to think on the lost souls that are not going into heaven, but are going to spend eternity in hell. And, and I can't shake it. And so I feel like I need to remind you that it's time we get busy for God bringing in the harvest. Amen. Amen. From the earliest moments of my coming to Christ Jesus... I tell you that I met the Lord when I was eight years old, but uh, my father, when I, would, uh, be, when I would go to his home in the summers, my parents separated when I was young. And, and uh, when I would spend my summers with my father, he took us to a little Baptist church, Lake Dale Baptist Church in Wachula, Florida. And I can remember, though, sitting in services being scared. Because you would not, I guarantee you, would not go through three services without, and that's back in the day when they had three services a week, uh, at least. You were there Sunday morning, you were there Sunday night, and you were there Wednesday night. Our Father was faithful to take us to to church, to attend with us, and and, 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 uh, so we would do that. But uh, I can guarantee you, you didn't go three services without the preacher talking about the second coming of Christ or getting ready for the rapture of the church. And that happened really right through till, till around 1980. I, I'm telling you this, I'm giving you a bit of a, uh, a gospel history uh, because I saw it happen. I heard it with my own ears. Things begin to transform. And, and, and while there were certainly preachers preaching on the second coming or the rapture of the church, there were certainly there were movies made during the 80s and 90s so it's not like it was forgotten but it didn't have the same uh, it wasn't the same as when I was early in my walk with God it was not the same I I just remember it vividly I could tell you how vivid it was for me I remember actually praying this way it was not a biblical prayer I remember praying Lord if I could just hold off till I get married (laughs) I'm saying it's not a biblical prayer I understand that it was my immature I know Lord you got people and you know you got a plan Lord but if you could hold off (laughs) and and so it was vivid it was real for me and so essentially see what happened In 1948, when Israel was reformed as a nation, essentially every evangelical Protestant preacher understood that was a real sign. It was a biblical prophetic sign of the rapture of the church. That generation shall not pass. That's in the word. And so... That's why there was such preaching and strong preaching. And I remember hearing uh, people talk about in 1988, because that's, that's 40 years from 1948 that, that it was going to happen. Jesus was going to rapture his church in 1988. There were books written, sold millions of copies because all of us, not all of us, but many believers were duped into thinking that some guy had figured out. But can I say this to you? Don't you go to sleep on me. And I'm, I'm saying in the spiritual sense today, not, not just sleeping in this service. Don't you go to sleep now because you're going to be caught off guard. We are living in the last minutes of the last days right now. Last minutes of the last days. So today, it changes. I'm going to make you nervous more often than ever before this year. Because you need to understand, we've got a task to fulfill. I want you to see this passage of Scripture. I took it from our Wednesday night Bible study. We're in 1 Peter. Now we're in chapter 4. We're about to wrap up that chapter. But but a couple of weeks ago, we hit... 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. And I want you to see what this passage says. By the way, if you're not busy on Wednesday nights, you need to be out in church where you can get some good gospel preaching, some solid word to get into your soul. And all of this will have an impact on your walk with God, make you a better disciple of Christ. Look at what this passage of scripture says. The end of the world is coming soon. You didn't even did you? Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. I, I was reading that. We were going over the study on my Wednesday night service, and that was right in the middle of our time of prayer and fasting, and I thought, wow, Lord, that's appropriate. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Now, turn to your neighbor right now and say, soon is soon. The next great biblical event to take place is the rapture of the church. Now, I'm not going to give you a whole discourse. We're not going to break up, open the book of Revelation, take you through all of the steps and stuff. But the next big thing is the rapture. I know people are talking about tribulation, talking about the mark of the beast. And yep, you better be aware, we're close. You know that can happen right now, right? Right? You do realize that. We could be marked right now. If they can do it to your animals, they can do it to you. Stay off the rabbit trails, preacher. There's one developing over here, I'm trying to avoid it. So I don't want to cause you fear. That's not my goal. I am trying to wake you up. You have to know. Oh, you live in a world right now that something's not right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 says these words. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. That's Paul writing to Timothy, talking about right now. Evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Clearly, we are living in a time when deception is rampant, right? You get that? Now, I'm going to say some things that are not politically correct right now. But I want, I, I just, I feel like it's such a weird world we live in right now that you are being taught as a parent that you need to let your child decide what gender they're going to be. and This is coming from our leading institutions and people that have a PhD behind their name. And I, I'm sorry, I, maybe I'm just simple this way, but it's not logical rather than a body part determining who you are a physical body part determining that you get to decide now and we're leaving that in the hands of our children and saying that it's the most appropriate thing to do that's not logical That is the most ignorant idea I have ever heard perpetrated on humanity. And I'm not falling for it. I'm sorry. But that's the world we live in. And and, and to make it go a little bit further, just to make the point, because it's not just about that one issue. Three weeks ago, literally, three weeks ago, in the city of Philadelphia, so not even an hour away from us, a judge who had before him a gentleman who had been arrested multiple times and on that arm's length list of his uh, offenses was armed robbery multiple times. He'd been before the judge multiple times for armed robbery. And for whatever reason, logic must have been thrown out the window, he reduced his $300,000 bail to $20,000. And of course, he was able to post bail. Two weeks after his bail was posted, he is seen on video robbing a gentleman at gunpoint who was out in the evening walking his dog, and he shot him dead. Now you tell me where the logic is. Tell me that our world isn't, pardon me, screwed up when that's okay. Argue with me about justice? That's not justice. He should have never been on the street. And woe to the judge that put him on the street. A mother lost their son, and a a fiancé lost her future husband and children. That's a real story. That's not a made-up preacher's thing. Our world is messed up. We're living in a time when things we thought were normal, or normal are suddenly considered wrong or backwards. But here's the deal, church. If Peter thought the rapture would take place soon, That was 1,900-plus years ago, folks. I think it's time we wake up. Are you living like you believe the rapture could take place today? Uh Uh-oh. Now he's stomping on toes. He's not just talking about it. He's stomping on those toes. I mean, are you really living like you believe the rapture would take place any moment? That we might not make it till 1230. Jesus say, it's up. Time's up. All this talking, wonderful, that Zaner Ministries International is ready to go. It's time right now. Famine, peril, deadly pestilences. There's a good King James word for you. Right now. Over 2 million people have lost their lives because of COVID-19. Over 2 million worldwide. We've crested, what are we, over 400,000? Somewhere north of 400,000 in America. That, that's a deadly pestilence. We don't have time to waste, church. Church. Let's look at this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm in verse 1. In the last days there will be very difficult times. Somebody say amen. Amen. Would you consider right now difficult times? For people will love only themselves. I want you to run down this checklist with me. See if we, how we measure up, because preachers have been preaching this passage f- since I was a kid, right? But I want you to check off with me, for people will love only themselves. Check. And their money. Check. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Yeah, double check, thank you disobedient to their parents. (laughs) Here's a good one. Ungrateful. You ever lived in a time, some of you that are older than me or at my age, you ever lived in a time when people were more ungrateful than they are right now? I mean, we don't know how good we got it. We do not know. I mean, we can talk about and laugh about some of the simple stuff. Like when I was a kid, you actually had to get up and turn the channel on the television. I'll take you a step further. We lived in a mobile home, and my father's was a mobile home. We had a thing called an antenna. And you'd have to tell your brother or sister whose ever turn it was to go outside and turn the antenna to where it pointed in the right direction so you could pick up one of the three stations you might pick up if you were lucky. We're so ungrateful. I can pull out my phone right now and I can watch anything I want to watch. Right now, they will consider nothing sacred. Chick! Statues being poured, pulled down all over the place. Do you know what somebody, some numbskulls, pulled down a statue of Martin Luther King Jr. What numbskull thinks that that's okay? I'm, You're thinking that that was white supremacist. I'm sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't. (laughs) They will be unloving. Unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Oh, we're not even done yet. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. Be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, big old check. But they will reject the power that could make them godly, check. Here's what scripture says, stay away from people like that. Look at your neighbor right now. Tell him this scripture's a warning to you. Time to wake up. Time to know. I, I'm sorry for you little ones. Want to get married, have kids? I, I hope it works out for you, but not really. Love you, all that stuff. I know that, that it's important, but I don't think we have time. I, don't, I think we're in the last minutes of the last days. It's time to get busy. What do we got to do? We need to proclaim the good news of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, says it this way from the New American Standard Bible. But you are a chosen people. Look at your neighbor right now. Say, you've been chosen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Woo! so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, somebody. Been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Give God a good shout of praise. He called you out. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. That's Him telling you, you're a chosen person. But He called you out with a purpose. Look at that line. says, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Every one of you fit in that picture. Now you don't have to be called an evangelist to be an evangelist, to do evangelism. That's every believer. I want you to see this passage from Colossians. Now we get, we'll, we'll jump from Peter to Paul. Look at what Paul says in Colossians 1:28. So we tell others about Christ. Oh, do you? So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone. Say everyone. Guess nobody's left out of that, are they? With all the wisdom God has given us, we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. Let me break this down for you for a minute. The church is in the business of proclamation get busy proclaiming this I, I i'm gonna use a star trek term <laughs> that was pretty good That was pretty good albert he said beam me up <laughs> i'm good with that one too but it's not our prime directive Our prime directive, if you will, is to proclaim the good news that Jesus came. He gave his life. He shed his blood so you could have eternal life. That's our prime directive. Take it, teaching everyone, everywhere. Hear it? Teaching everyone, everywhere. We're compelled by God's word to take the good news of salvation in Christ to the world. We have to let others know that God has brought us out of darkness into his light. Do you know you have a testimony? You have a testimony. You, I, I know you were once lost, now you're found. You say, well, I don't have one of those big old testimonies, you know, I wasn't out. Listen, I got saved when I was a little kid, so it's not like I could talk about, well, I was out doing drugs, hardcore. I was eight years old. <laughs> wasn't running around on my wife. None of that stuff. Uh, you know, and I'm not trying to paint a picture like I was perfect child. I wasn't, I was not. And God had a lot of work that he had to do in me. But, I, you know, I don't have one of those testimonies. I, I didn't go to Teen Challenge because I didn't need to. I was never bound by drugs or alcohol or such things. God kept me from all of that. Did you know you were once ba- blind? Did not see, you did not understand that Jesus was needed and real. You didn't know that you needed him just like that guy that m- my daughter talked about. By, by the way, did y'all know that Emily's our daughter? Yes. Emily Zaner's our daughter. Just want to make sure that everybody understands that. Did not see, did not understand that you needed Jesus, but now you see. You were blind, but now you see. You were once bound by sin, but now you are freed. Hallelujah. Paul said in that Colossians verse right there, we must warn them that the end is near. We have to tell them. We have to tell others about Jesus. Further, he said, We want to present them to God. You see those words, perfect in their relationship to Christ. How do you get perfect in your relationship to Christ? You just ask Him to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart. But it's somebody's job to tell them. Look at your neighbor right now and say, You're somebody. Look the other way and tell that other neighbor, you're somebody. He said to teach everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. You have a testimony. Rely on what God has done in your heart and your life. I don't care. You don't have to be as well-versed as I am. You don't have to know the word like I do. All you have to do is know Jesus. Jesus. Know that he's changed you. Let me bring it to a close. We need to boldly proclaim Christ. Can I say it like this and preachers speak enough with the excuses? Be done with them. I know it's not politically correct to talk about Jesus, but it's a biblical mandate. I'm gonna say that part again just so we're aware on even electronically. I know it's not politically correct to talk about Jesus, but it is a biblical mandate. We got mandates last year. Wear masks. Practice social distancing. Shut down your businesses. Those were mandates. You have a biblical mandate to take the good news of Jesus to people who don't know him. Can I be real to you this morning? Without Christ in someone's heart, they are destined to spend eternity in hell. That's not a pleasant thought, is it? I hope it makes you feel something. People nowadays will look at somebody and say, I feel you. Well, I hope you are now. That you're feeling that. If someone does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are going to spend eternity in hell. Not a pleasant place. And I know and have heard people laugh it off, saying, well, I'm just going to be with my buddies. We're going to be partying in hell. No, you won't. That... Uh, the, The euphoria of joy will be gone for you. If Representative Maxine Waters can stand on national television not once but twice saying that to our former president's cabinet, if you see them out in public, wherever they are, you have the right to get in their face and tell them that you will not put up with their garbage and they have no right to operate in public because you don't like them or their ways. If she can do that, and that's somehow okay on national television, then I say, all bets are off. Tell people about Jesus anywhere at any time under any circumstance. If that's somehow okay, then telling them that Jesus is their answer for eternity is their only hope. Then you need to be telling them. Yes, you will face persecution because you do so. Somebody's going to not like you and somebody may not like you out loud. Now they're trying to take away freedom of speech. So that's on the attack. And the next thing you know, anytime you talk about loving Jesus, if I talk about people going to hell, that'll be called hate speech. Every gospel, when they end their writings, Matthew and Mark are real plain about getting out and telling people everywhere about Jesus. Luke tells us, tells the disciples of Christ to gather in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Why? So that you would be empowered to tell people about Jesus the whole discourse between John, excuse me, Peter and Jesus in the end of the book of John, John chapter 21, that whole discourse between Peter and Jesus is about, he says, Peter, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my lambs. Peter, feed my sheep. Same thing in every gospel. Get out there, get busy, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. could think of right now the kindest person you know sweetest person you know and I'm going to tell you that person can be incredibly sweet the greatest person you've ever met you love being around them but if they do not know Jesus they're still going to hell you don't get to heaven because you're kind or gentle or nice Jesus himself said these words this is a quote from Jesus himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. No man, insert woman, child, no person comes to the Father except through him, Jesus. Following Muhammad, you could be a great person, do a lot of good, but you're not going to heaven unless you have Jesus in your heart. You could be the sweetest Buddhist that ever lived, caring for plants and every creature on the earth, loving every creature on the earth, and still split hell wide open if you don't know Jesus. The very reason that the Holy Spirit was poured out on us Was to tell the world about Jesus. So I close with these words from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. I could just stop the verse right there. Telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere is everywhere. Just like soon is soon, everywhere is everywhere. There's no place untouched by the necessity of the gospel. Would you stand to your feet, please? Now you'll be hearing as evangelists Nick and Emily have stated, there'll be points where we as a church will be going out. They'll spearhead it. And uh, they, they may not always to be able to be there for every time we do it because God's going to be using them someplace, somewhere, but they'll be spearheading the efforts here at Central Assembly of God. We're going to get busy transforming the Lehi Valley for the Lord Jesus Christ. You ready to join me on that? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. It would be a shame for me to preach a message like this. Talk about the fact that the rapture of the church is soon and not recognize that there may be somebody sitting in this service right now and you're not ready should he rapture this church. It's possible that you're sitting right now that you've never asked Christ into your heart. And if you have not asked Christ into your heart, you're not ready for the rapture. You're not going to spend eternity in heaven. Or maybe you one time at some point in your life, you asked Jesus to come into your heart to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord and Savior, but you've walked away and you've let a lot of garbage and a lot of stuff get in the way. And if that's your situation, you're not prepared for the rapture either. You know if there's something between God and you. Maybe you've attended church a ton of times, but the reality is you're not ready. There's still a question mark over your eternal position. You still have a question on whether or not God would receive you as his child when he raptures his church. That just means snatch us away. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. If you fit into any of those three categories, that is, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior or you've walked away from him, or you've been in church for a ton of your life, but you know you're not ready if Jesus were to rapture his church. If that's you, put your hand up right now. Any of those categories. Put it up high. I'm not seeing anybody raising their hand right now, so if you... Okay, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, thank you. I saw that other hand. God bless you. You can put your hands out. If you're watching online, this is a somber moment. I want you to get things right with God right now. Don't delay. Don't delay this any longer. Get it right with Jesus right now. This is your opportunity. You can raise an emoji hand, even if you're watching on Facebook. You can do something. Indicate somehow or other, you know you need Jesus. You can hit the uh, the button and eventually I just got saved. Let us know who you are. We'll connect with you. If you raised your hand and you meant business with God, that was the easy part. The hard part comes right now. If you raised your hand and you mean business with God, I want you to not be ashamed of Christ or your need for Christ because I'm going to tell you that even as an eight-year-old boy, I walked down that aisle to ask Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I was shuddering in my pew. I was hanging on to that pew for dear life. Every time that preacher, I listened to him Sunday after Sunday give an altar call. And I wanted to come so bad. I wanted to come so bad. I was scared to death. But there came a day when I finally said, I've got to do it because I can't. I'm not going to take a chance. So if you raised your hand and you mean business with God, would you walk out of that pew right now and come down to this altar? God bless you. Come on, there's still time. There's room for you. Not asking you to join the church. I'm just asking you to get things right with God and make sure of it. Remove the question mark right now. Remove the question mark. There's any doubt, one little bit or ounce of doubt, remove it now. Here's what we're going to do for you guys. I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're listening online, you do the same thing. You raise your emoji hand. Pray with me this way. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life so I could have forgiveness for my sins. Ready my heart. Ready my life. So that I may be caught up with you when you come to take your charge. Jesus, I'm yours. From this moment on, I declare... I'm yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus salvation is real and I am so grateful that these three that stand before you now in the sanctuary of the church on the 24th day of January 2021 Jesus declares you forgiven of your sins ready for heaven hallelujah now you three that are here See that beautiful couple standing right over there? I'm going to ask you to just walk over there. They're going to take you through that door and just get a little information from you so that you know what to do next. If you're watching us online, please connect with us. If you prayed to receive Christ, we need to help you to know, what do I do now? What do I do now? Will I just go home and go on about my business? No. Now, you need to walk this walk out. I put you on a path. Now you know how to, got to know how to stay on the path. Amen? I love you folks. God bless you. If they went and prayed with somebody that you know that's over in that room, you wait for them. And, And God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Amen?